Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Driving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC, bringing you everything about Web3. This is the show, ladies and gentlemen, where we speak about, of course, everything in the Web3 space, the movers, the shakers, the candlestick watches, and everyone in between. We talk about the journeys, the insights, and the strategies of the best minds in the industry and the new ones that are adding a lot of waves to what we are doing. On the show today, we decided to do something very, very different from what we usually do. And this is a tribute to all the content creators out there, especially those that host podcasts. We thought it would be a fantastic way to, to kick off our birthday celebrations. Adlunum just turned to yesterday. Yay, Adlunum, right? Um, so we wanted, to, we wanted to do something for the podcasters out there, those that we've seen, we admire, we respect and those that have been on our, our, on our radar and watch list for a while. Uh, we have, of course, Sam, who's coming all the way from New Zealand. He hosts a top 200 podcast uh, that you, would, you will find. He's been a VC advisor. He's worked with startups. He's worked in the Web3 space uh, for, the, for the longest time. We have uh, Baruni. Uh, Baruni is the editor-in-chief of Voice of Crypto, uh, which is a leading Web3 uh, media house, hosts a number of shows on YouTube and off as well. And Kenneth, goodness me, uh, Kenneth Chu has, is a change premier. Uh, I love the way that, that he says that. This is, uh, of course, he has multiple, I think 120 episodes, if I'm not mistaken, can correct me if I'm wrong later, uh, 120 episodes under his belt. Uh, focuses on womenpreneurs in the space based out of Singapore. So, so glad to have these guests on. And before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you, in case we do get cut off, please remember to jump back to the Adlunum INC Twitter handle where you will find a new link that will let you back into this room and this amazing conversation that we're going to have, right? Views expressed on this program, of course, belong to those of the speaker, and are meant for educational purposes only. It is not to be considered financial advice. Uh, that being said, please remember once again to use those emojis whenever you come across something fantastic that our speakers have spoken about, something that you relate to. And if there's time, uh, at the end, we will can open the room for question and answers. But in between, if you'd like to, send your question across to Adlunum INC or the speakers directly where we will have them answered on the show as soon as we can. This show is brought to you by Adlunum, which is the all-in-one Web3 investment ecosystem, empowering early-stage startups from tokenomics to community growth, VC funding to IDO launches, and our unique engage-to-earn platform. We are transforming the way that investors experience the world of Web3, investing and dynamic NFTs, and through our monthly Web3 pitch arena, we bridge the gap between innovative startups and venture capitalists. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off the show. Once again, welcome to our wonderful guests, Sam, Baruni, and Kenneth. Thank you. Thank you, JP. Uh, would you like me to start? 
Sure. So certainly. So um, Sam has already started the ball rolling. Sam, could you give us a brief introduction about uh, a little about what you do and um, what got you into the Web3 space? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually come from the Web2 space. I've been in this um, startup journey for the last 15, 18 years or something like that. Um, my first startup was in e-commerce, built that um, and had a first exit, sold that um, to now, which is a publicly listed company in New Zealand, sold it in 2015. Then I started um, an e-sports company, um, was based in Silicon Valley, that got acquired in 2018. And after that, I have written books on tech startup and ran podcasts, spoken at events, um, all sorts of fun things. Um, these days, I do two things. I work as a as a scout for a Australia, New Zealand's largest venture capital fund called Blackbird, blackbird.vc. And I also work as a venture partner for 3X Capital based in Dubai. Um, and yeah, I work remotely, but I do go to a lot of events and stuff. How I got into crypto, I have always been early. In 2003, I was playing around with Google. Google AdWords, um, pretty much nearly every single technology, every single social media platform, I'm probably one of the earliest um, users. Um, I, I mean, I like testing, testing things out and crypto is something that I have been testing things out, even though I was a I was a critic of it in early 2012, and I used to think that, oh, this is all so, so challenging um, to use crypto back in the days. Um, but over time, um, I have seen the light. I have seen that how it is um, innovating money and, and making it accessible to so many more people around the world. Um, I've been through the whole ICO boom and burst of 2017-18 so I've, I've been around and I've seen the the ups and the downs but I, I know how this industry works now so I think it's just a matter of time that we'll be back in in crypto summer in fact a lot of people this time were saying at token 2049 it feels like crypto spring so so anyway um that's how I got into crypto and and web3 and I've been running the web3 podcast for the last two two and a half years have interviewed hundreds of people including people like Vitalik and yet Sue recently and and lots and many more but yeah I will um I will pass the mic now to um, to Varuni. Um, she can give us her bit of her background as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Sam. Wow, that's a, that's an impressive body of work. Varuni, over to you. Thank you so much, Sam, JP, for sort of opening the stage. And uh, quite a few moments there when Sam was talking did crap crack me up because I too was a critique of cryptocurrencies and well, look at me now. Uh, I will speak a little bit about what I'm currently doing. I head Voice of Crypto as their editor-in-chief. We are a news and multimedia house. We too have uh, conducted over 200 interviews with some of the top voices in this space and the idea behind Voice of Crypto is to be uh, the voice of everyone in this space and which is why we try to bring really interesting guests on our podcast and I love the concept of today's um, today's podcast where uh, JP you've managed to get some of the top podcasters from this space itself and talk about how content creation and how, how our journey in this space has sort of evolved. Uh, I sort of entered this space in 20, 
2019 and uh, right about when covid was hitting people were looking at other streams of revenue different sort of uh, investment options were opening up and cryptocurrencies weren't really uh, the top choice or the first choice but they it, it was an interesting landscape and i um, had a few people who were meeting other people online and it was like the only industry sort of bursting or booming at that time even though it wasn't on papers was web3 there was so much happening and i wanted to be a part of this uh, revolution so to say and revolution indeed has been from then to now uh, while in terms of years it hasn't been a very long time 3 or 4 years but in crypto years as we say it's uh, it seems like a lot has happened uh, the fall of quite a few top um, web3 firms and the rise of some others and it has been it has truly been a great journey and uh, we shall talk more about podcasting how we have evolved as creators as the space evolves and yeah i think that's a little bit about me awesome thank you thank you varuni thank you for the for the for the journey i i think that that opens up to to a lot of questions and a lot of us can relate to that as well as too uh quick check uh kenneth can you hear us all right oh yeah i i think i lost you for a while all right okay so so kenneth our question was tell us a little about your background and what got you into web3 okay uh hi everyone uh, good morning good afternoon good evening uh, wherever you are i'm um, i'm kenneth from singapore so uh i'm an author community builder connector and an entrepreneur so i published my book called mother industrialist uh 6 years ago and in mother industries i interviewed mompreneurs that i personally know in the past 14 years and why am i connected with all these mompreneurs was because i was working for motherhood magazine as an advertising sales and at the same time i was a new dad my do- daughter was born uh, she's 14 this year and because of my book i started to do podcasting because people have been asking me like why is a man writing a book about mothers uh why are you interviewing mothers and all that stuff so that's where i got into uh interviewing mompreneurs who are not featured in my book and the ball start rolling because mother love to share and they ask uh, they ask me if i know of this mompreneur and that just went on and on and in fact in the past 6 years i've done 120 episode uh in every season i have 20 episode interviewing mompreneurs from all around the world to share how they overcome their challenges and struggles so that they can be role models for mothers who are struggling from the guilt of not spending more time with their children so other than that uh i've been in the advertising media sales and marketing space for the past 14 years also since uh publishing so uh just now when uh when sam was was saying that he was in web3 i was thinking like if i'm from publishing that might be even before web1 right so before the internet era so as i went on i was also working for our local tv station as an advertising sales uh, account manager the sell tv airtime so i basically had uh, the experience from publishing to media and then to marketing uh, and i was working for a media marketing company before i got laid off uh, because my two founders they have different vision and my clients marketing clients have been asking me oh what kind of why not you start your own marketing agency and that was when 8 years ago i accidentally stepped into entrepreneurship and ever since then i've been doing a lot of things that i'm passionate about 
and uh, and been running events, running workshops. Uh, even recently, last year, I've been nominated as the chapter president for this Women of Global Change, which is a non-profit organization that support women and children all around the world. So with that uh, add-on, um, I'm a male ally. I champion women into entrepreneurship and now champion women in Web3. And how did I got into Web3 was that uh, my very good friend, very good sister from Malaysia, she started this uh, marketing technology company and asked me to be her chief strategy officer. And that was when I, I saw the beauty of Web3, the diversity and inclusion. And that was when I realized that with all the empowerment, women empowerment events that I'm doing, right, the activities I'm doing, I can combine with Web3. And that's where recently I just launched a new podcast called Women in Web3. So I've done like uh, 11 episodes. It happens on every Wednesday. So that is the reason of how I got into that space. Uh, we provide uh, marketing services, Web3 marketing services to help clients to use NFT and Metaverse to market their product and services. So that's in the nutshell of what I do, uh, especially in the past eight years. So back to you, JP. Wow, thanks, Kenneth. I think I think that's a that's a very very interesting space to be in. Of course, a lot to explore, and uh, and, and I see the Sam and Baruni, of course, uh, agreeing about the same point. Having women in Web three space or women entrepreneurs itself is you know comes with its own set of challenges. But having them to be um, uh, uh, getting their stories from across the globe, of course, gives you a much much wider perspective. Uh, in that particular space, so so that's that's fantastically brilliant. All right, we're here, um, everyone. We're here today because we we all host a particular podcast, right? And in and in terms of of podcasting as one of many channels that that could have been explored when it came to putting a message out there or sharing ideas or being able to to do that, um, you know. That's one aspect. The second aspect is to be able to build a successful podcast, right? Um, I just want to know from from everyone, and you know, feel free to jump in at, at any point of time, and we'll we'll we we don't have a particular order, but but jump in. Um, what was it that that was the moment at which you thought, hey, you know what, a podcast is what I'd like to try. You know, a podcast is what I what I'd want to do. Yeah, I can jump in and I can share um, share my story of how I started my podcast. Though um, mm-hmm. so it, it started with, I wrote my first book in 2019 and it, I did no marketing and it still became um, Amazon bestseller and sold tens of thousands of copies and um, on its own in, within like the first month or something and 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 then I started getting invites to events and started talking to people about it. And it was a fantastic experience. This was in the offline world. Um, when I wrote my second book, it was in in middle of the whole COVID uh, in 2020. So there were no conferences. There were no events. I could not do that. So that's when I thought, okay, I'll do a podcast tour and go and talk about my second book on other podcasts. When I started doing that, I mm-hmm. started enjoying it so much. And all the podcast hosts asking me that, why don't you start one of your own? Like you, you seem to be enjoying this and um, it's great. So, so that's exactly what I did. And that's how I got into podcasting. My first podcast 
um, was where I interviewed about 80 different um, entrepreneurs and investors in the Web2 um, startup world. Um, and that's mm-hmm. when I realized that, okay, um, I need to go full-time into Web3 because I would sometimes interview Web3, but I just love the energy um, that the Web3 founders had. So I just wanted to go um, full-time into that, and th- and that's what I did. So, yeah, but I would love to hear um, Varuni and um, Kenneth's story as well. Absolutely. So I think uh, my story began when I was a kid. I was, uh, I think, around 12 or 13, and I had applied for the position of a radio jockey. And I knew I couldn't do that because I was still in school and I had to complete my studies, but I still did that. And it was like a radio jockey hunt that was happening in my city. And I just went ahead and enrolled myself, didn't reveal my age till the very end. And I did get selected um, and I hosted an episode with them, but I had to at some time tell them that I'm not as old as you think I would be and that's when and I was always a talker I was one of the kids who uh, teachers sound difficult to uh, have quiet in their class so I knew that this is one thing that I love to do which is communicate and uh, in my college in my postgrad I uh, studied media and communications for five years and I felt that um, while the space itself media space would seem a little bit saturated this Web3 was uh, one place where mm-hmm. people and people th- there weren't as many entrepreneur stories, even though the uh, space was go- growing at the pace that it is. There weren't a lot of Web3 entrepreneur stories out there and people sort of needed a voice. And um, other than that, I'm a big advocate of education and how education is key to the growth of any space. And I feel that a big part of what we do at, as podcasters is uh, help people get their voice out there and educate people who are new in this space because it's only through the journeys of the people who are already in this space that we understand how um, how we can make our own journey successful or mm-hmm. have in this space so that's how the idea of podcasting uh, came the, the idea of podcasting in the web3 space i have always wanted to have my own podcast as well uh, i did have a literature podcast where i would read out stories and uh, poems that i loved and that worked out pretty well it was one of the top on spotify but i uh, didn't go ahead and publish a lot of episodes however with, with voice of crypto we are uh, on a roll we have amazing guests on our podcast all the time and here we're able to do what uh, I sort of had always envisioned with my own podcast which was having a platform that uh, educates people that's fun that entertains and where people can have their own chit chat and that would be meaningful. So I think that is something that uh, I'm really proud of and we are still working on it and there's a long way to go. As the space evolves, so do we, so do the people and so do the stories in this space. And I think the idea behind having a podcast is to capture the growth of this space and to capture the growth of um, the journeys that people have had in this space. I'm sure we have a lot to add to it. Uh, Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, we... You know, uh, as as the chronicles, uh, the chroniclers of these of these stories, uh, indeed, this is something that uh, that that podcasts are able to to give a platform to. Uh, Kenneth, I think um, you you have obviously uh, you know <laughs> to share your story. Um, you you've given us a glimpse of it before, but I'm certain that there's more that you'd like to add. 
Yeah, um, in fact, after hearing uh, Sam and Veroni's story, right, I was like, I, in fact, I never thought of running a podcast at all. Uh, uh-huh. And the reason how it got started is because of one hater that was on Facebook, uh, my, on my Facebook page when I first started, where, uh, started putting out my book uh, as an author of Mother Industrialist. So he was uh, questioning me that who, who are you to uh, empower mothers to be entrepreneurs? Are you successful? And all, all that, that kind of question. Mm-hmm. So I was very nice. I was like oh, trying to answer to him because he, do, he does not know my background, right? So I started uh, talking about it. I started explaining to him and I realized that something is not right. And he got even more, uh, more critical in his commenting. And then in the end, I was asking my publisher, what should I do? And my publisher was telling me to block him. So the next moment, uh, after I blocked him, he said, that this type of hater with an anonymous account, you should not even entertain him. It will make, uh, it doesn't look good, right? So uh, once I blocked him, the next moment I realized that someone rang, uh, uh, rang my page as one star. So I was curious and I saw that same name that was, uh, that was commenting. And he was putting out a lot of nasty comment. And in fact, that was the, part where I realized that, hey, although I've been working with all the mom printers for the past 14 years, uh, but a lot of mothers out there, a lot of people do not know me at all. Only the mom printers, the hundreds or thousands of mom printers I work with, only they know that I'm connected with them. So that's where it started me to start, okay, why not I interview some of the mom printers who were not into, uh, who were not who were not featured in my book because I, I only managed to uh, feature 20 of them. And that's how uh, I was thinking, okay, let's maybe interview uh, the remaining five that I couldn't feature them in the book. And that's about it. So mm-hmm. it, it just spin off into, into hundreds of over episodes because I, what I realized is there wasn't a lot of uh, mompreneurs that was featured, that was being spotlighted. Their story was not told. And a lot of time I realized that mother was not able to overcome uh, uh, or even believe that... Um, they could be a mompreneur juggling both parenting and, and business. So that was when I started interviewing them. And I realized that me as being a, a new entrepreneur, right, I get a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom from all these mompreneurs. And it can just keep me, uh, keep me going and going and going and uh, motivated me and sometimes even uh, kick me in the butt and say, okay, Kenneth, you need to hustle. So I think for me, how I started the whole podcasting is just purely from an uh, accident. Uh, and then it spin off to something more meaningful, and it became, um, I would say, my 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 light uh, that is guiding me towards uh, whatever I'm doing now. So I'm very very thankful of that hater that had commented and was doubting me, being skeptic, uh, being skeptical about uh, a man championing women. What is his agenda? What is his uh, objective? Uh, is he trying to promote his products and services? So I think because of that. Uh, I would. I had my hundred over episode, and I would say period. I don't have to explain to anybody why am I in this space anymore. So that's how I started my whole podcasting. Never thought, but uh, but eventually I realized that I, I am, I love people's story, and I'm very curious about, uh, people's, um, how do they, how did they get to where they are today. And this was uh, something that I heard from Larry King, one of the uh, greatest talk show hosts. He was saying that the best uh, quality of a good podcast or good talk show host, right, is curiosity. 
And I, I told myself that, okay, I'm on the right track and uh, I love uh, podcasting, interviewing people, doing my own talk show ever since then. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a story of how I got into podcasting. Oh, that's awesome. I, I was going to ask you, uh, I was going to ask everybody that, that question, as a matter of fact, you know, who's the, the one person that, uh, that you, you consider a great podcast host. But before I do that, I really want to, I want to give a shout out to that, to that Xiao guy, um, you know, your, your hater who, who nudged you into the space. So hats off to him. <laughs> it may have come from the, from actually the, the wrong direction, but I, you, you've turned that wonderfully into, into, into a source of power. So, so hats off to you, Kenneth. But yeah, thank you. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna assume that Larry King is your you know is your go-to guy when it comes to being a podcast yep. host. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tribute, tribute uh, that, that would mean yeah. Go ahead. No, I I say it's a, it's a tribute to him that um that he inspired me before he left. So uh, I think this is something that uh, I hold it to my heart, and I told every single one uh, of my friends or any any contacts that wanted to start a podcast, right. I even sent them the click that he was interviewed and he said, uh, I think he said like, I think three elements of a good podcast host or a talk show host. So yeah, so that's, that's for me. Super. Thank, thank you for sharing that, Kenneth. Okay, Sam, Varuni, uh, you know, who's your, who's your um, idol when it comes to being a podcaster? Yeah, I've got two actually. Um Initially, in the early days, I was inspired by Tim Ferriss and how he used to mm -hmm. interview um, founders of other startups and other companies and businesses. Um, and and later on, um, it's uh, Harry Savings from 20VC. So I was quite inspired by him mm -hmm. as well. Um, actually, there, there's uh, there's three, but anyway, I'll, I'll stick to, <laughs> I'll, I'll just share two. Um, the other thing that really inspired me with Tim Ferriss is not only his podcast, but how he managed to create a lifestyle um, or, or craft a life that he really enjoys um, by doing podcasting and and I found that um, really inspirational that you know um, and it I could genuinely sense that he's having fun and that's why he's been going on for so many years 15 years or, or something like that um, and, and another podcaster that I um, feel like who does have a lot of fun in his podcast is Neil deGrasse Tyson and who always has oh, like yeah. a has a stand-up comedian next to him to break down complex topics and, and inject some humor. So I found that style quite interesting. And and over time, I would also like to to emulate some some of those qualities and, and make Web3 more fun and more accessible for everyone. Indeed, indeed. I, I think that, that that would be a that's 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 a fantastic idea. Varuni, go for it. Absolutely. Some of Sam's favorites are my favorite too but i think joe rogan has to be one of my uh, top choices if i have to look at the top podcasters in the web3 space however um, coin bureau's head i think this person called uh, and he's a he's a pretty good podcaster he's uh, doing what not a lot of people in the space could do he has over a million subscribers and uh, he balances his information very well with the right kind of an, I mean, we often uh, forget that podcasts are a package. Um, they're a package of the script, the research, 
um, the presentation and the post production as well. And I feel that uh, Coin Bureau um, has a legacy of some amazing videos, some amazing content on the Web3 space, be it explainers, be it beginners and trick content. And they sort of have something to offer to all the cohorts that are entering the space. So I feel that uh, really well-balanced content and uh, the way Guy explains things, it's um, amazing. I mean, his videos were one of the few uh, sort of he was one of the few people that I also uh, was watching very curiously when I started my Web3 journey because some of the explainers were so amazing that um, they got you to understand very, uh, very complex concepts that we uh, get overwhelmed with, with ease. And I think this is one thing that um, uh, every podcaster should have, which is um, explain things that not many people can explain with ease and uh, with this sort of a charisma. And I think that guy does really well. So uh, he has to be one of my top picks. Yeah. Indeed. I'd, I'd, I'd go with Joe Rogan uh, any given Sunday. He's He's got this great manner of using, you know, uh, his conversational jujitsu in a way. Because, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe because he was a, a UFC fighter at some point in time. But the way he takes his conversations, really, really something to, to appreciate. Patterson is also equally good. It takes heavy topics and breaks them down very, very simply. Um, I, I, I do like that style about him as well. His, his critical analysis is, is really something else. You know, him, Ben Shapiro, uh, these guys, these guys are, are a whole new level, uh, you know, for podcasters like, like podcasters can, can, can learn something from it, right? They don't have to be idols, but there's certainly something to learn. That's when it comes to podcast. I, I certainly do that. Um, I, and you know, okay, fine. I'll, I'll put it out there. Right. I, I certainly do that because. Uh, I was once told that I have a face for radio, right? So, uh, which means I, I, I sound better than I look uh, in, in terms of where the presentation aspect comes in. And that's that's fair, right? Just you work with your strengths, okay? So um, so when it comes to video video versus audio, uh, which why is it that you choose the format that you did? Um, uh, let's, Kenneth, let's start with you. Okay, uh, for me, I started off on u- using Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in 2017, where I, I don't even know what is podcasting or audio podcast and whatever. So I started with um, Facebook Live and I was using uh, OBS, uh, OBS Studio, to set up everything before uh, now you see podcasting or interview uh, software like uh, StreamYard um, and, uh, and all this that, that comes out. And way before that, I was just, I, I DIY uh, my own, um, I would say the display, the branding and, and stuff like that. So I, I started off with video. So for my case, I would not choose either one. I would, I would choose both. Uh, and I would want to quote uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. And he says mm-hmm. that in today's era, as all of us know, that TikTok is the organic reach, is viral. Yeah, Instagram yeah. is following in uh, IG Reels, YouTube Shorts, and and short form videos is 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 thriving, right? So yeah. at this point of time, if you were to do any video, go and do a video podcast, and you can repurpose the video for short form video to promote your podcast. At the same time, you can repurpose onto Spotify, and now Spotify. One thing good is you can even upload video, the whole video podcast onto Spotify, and people can view it like a podcast. Yeah, so I, I would choose both. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. I see Sam doing that. Sam, um, 
Yeah, I, I've seen your podcast on uh, uh, on on Spotify, especially, right? Yes, yes, that's right. So I do um, upload the video just on Spotify, but not on YouTube yet because YouTube does require a next level of finish and editing and graphics and and things like that. Because for most people, even though there is a video on Spotify, they listen to Spotify not actively but while doing something else. So. Um, so yeah they like the reason why i chose audio mainly is because um i could do it while going for a run going for a jog going to gym um cooking driving car or anything um whereas with with youtube people are primarily focused on watching the youtube or or the video so if, if you really want to build a world class podcast it does need a very high level of um editing and um associated graphics and stuff so so maybe in future i'm going to do and and i completely agree with what um kenneth said that um you know that tiktok or short form video whether it's reels or um or or any similar um format they are the way to go if you want reach so get a full one hour podcast get it repurposed into many five or six or eight nine uh, like the sound bites and and those get the most um reach so so if anyone has resource they should totally do this and if they are starting a new podcast they should 100% do that sure bruno you jump in absolutely the gentleman very well summed up uh, what i was about to cover but uh, kenneth what he said was pretty on point that one reason why we chose uh, i personally chose the video format was because it combines let's say the best of both worlds right your audio and your video however it does require quite a bit of post production and resources uh, which thankfully we had but if i had not had it and if i was going out there personally with my own podcast i am sure that uh, spotify and audio based podcast would be something that i would be taking up which i did as well um back then i was doing the entire research uh, production post production on my own editing those um audio files on my own but now with a team it's all handy and easy and the kind of content that works for people honestly keeps on changing but uh, it matters what, what what matters to you and what you can i think uh, take off best is what um you should individually go out for and i do feel that uh, video format content has an edge because it can be converted into audio format later it can be repurposed into shorts and shorts as we all know work out really well on instagram they've been working out pretty well on youtube as well youtube is heavily uh, pushing uh, youtube shorts and quite a bit of um, the audience from instagram who were hooked on to instagram shorts sort of moved or pivoted to youtube simply because uh, the way youtube shows preferences is um, is much better than um, the instagram algorithm or that is what uh, our audiences say so i think that uh, video podcasting has its own edge they both have their own pros and cons we however uh, pivot a little bit more towards uh, video format of interviews or podcasts sure and 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 that makes sense i think that like, choose the one that you have a strength in uh that that you can you can start with to to build up on you know have the basics uh, kenneth that was a fantastic idea about you know bootstrapping your studio being able to to start the channel uh and and in in many ways it it really just just works with 
Uh, it just works with having content, uh, doing it consistently, and you know, letting it letting it grow. Interestingly, I, I was on one Instagram earlier this uh, earlier today, and I came across uh, this uh, uh, uncle. Uh, sorry, the Steve, right, the Chinese dad guy, uh, and and he says he says uh, the you know the first time he he started, he just did a small video. Um, he, he did a small video, the first video, second video, the fifth, and he went up to five. And it was only after the fifth video that he was doing it on a regular basis. By the time that he hit the eighth video, his previous content started going viral, right? It, it started picking up. Uh, and, and all five of them, all five of them, uh, you know, uh, five and then up, up to eight, all of them just, just took off, right? And that's how his channel really began to succeed. So, yeah, so, so choose the one that you have a strength in, uh, build the momentum, and and put it put it out there. Now that being said, um, we we did speak about having some of the tools to be able to leverage the strength that you have, right? But when it comes to to the actual part of the show, it's not about just the smoke and mirrors. It's not just about what what you what you present. There is also always um, you know a lot of substance that goes into the show to to hook that to hook your view uh, your your audience. Right. So uh, what does pre-prep look like for you um, to, to all our speakers? What does the pre-prep look like for you? Sure. I think I'll, I'll go first. Um, when we talk about pre-prep, we uh, first do a very thorough research on who we are going to interview, if it's going to be interview. And once we have a thorough research in, we um, sort of prepare a set of questions. We do have an editorial and content team, thankfully, who does some amazing work. And uh, what we try to do is we strike the right kind of balance between uh, questions that um, are important and questions that would sort of make are and and I'm not sure if this is the right word, but uh, we need to have a few questions that will make uh, the people who we're interviewing a little uncomfortable or uh, bring them out of their comfort zone. And this might or might not work every time, but as journalists or as people who are trying to uh, bring more information on the front, I think this is something that's key. And uh, while when we're making content or when we're pre-prepping, we don't really think whether particular podcast or this um, content would go viral however we do try to talk about things that haven't been talked ha haven't been spoken about as much and try to touch upon points that um, that you know need addressing in this space and uh, other than that I think there's a lot of back and forth in terms of fixing the time having the right kind of people having the right kind of topics for the people that we've chosen for panel discussions, it's a different, um, the the pre-prep looks all the more different. We need to have questions or we need to have a flow of conversation that suits everyone on the panel. And um, uh, we need to have the right kind of topics for all the panelists. And other than that, I think research is one bit that you do. Uh, apart from that, it, depending on whether it would be online or offline, uh, there's getting your equipments, getting the show started and... Yeah, that's, I think, pretty much it from me. Sam, how does it look for you? Yeah, my, mine looks probably quite a bit different because for me, podcasting more or less started as a as a hobby and it is still, I do it something for fun as well as to, to network with, with people in this space. Um, however, for me, I work a lot with 
PR companies who reach out to me on behalf of the companies. So um, I initially um, deal with their representative or the marketing team um, of that founder. Um, and there's like lots of back and forth emails often um, where, where I initially ask about like, uh, what the company does and then I do sort of my due diligence so I only interview the right people especially this is quite important in in web3 um, that we don't provide a platform to the likes of FTX or people like that so um, so that's pretty much my due diligence is around that rather than the questions because I really like to have an organic conversation and I'm I'm just uh, naturally curious so I like to um, see how the founders build their startup and and what challenges they're facing and how they overcome those challenges and because of that I have a very small niche audience and that is mostly other founders who want to see how other successful founders are building their startups and how they are navigating tough times and how they get growth or they um, acquire users and customers. So um, that's um, pretty much sort of my my format and what I do. But I, when I first started podcasting, I used to start with a list of questions and I've thought that it's becoming like quite um, robotic and it's, um, it's felt a bit staged. So I completely threw out the script and I just started with um, organic conversations, which I really enjoy now. Uh, indeed, yeah. That that AMA, the AMA standard AMA format gets gets done to death. You you hear so many of them with exactly the same questions and exactly the same answers if you go on different channels. So yeah, thanks for that, Sam. Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I I like the part where Sam I resonate with him about the spontaneous. Right, you have no script at all, and a lot of my guests got thrown like, kind of. How come there's no question? Uh, I say it's because my audience are mothers. They are they are they are more sensitive. Whether it is scripted or not, I want it to be more authentic. That's why I I told them that there's no script. But I will meet you half an hour before we go live because mine is often uh Facebook live or live stream. So it's like every week uh at this specific time every Monday. So uh so what I do uh to prep right is to really connect with them on Zoom at least to test out their internet connection before we go on to live stream because there are some parts of the world that my guests are uh the internet connection is not that stable and the video might not be uh what do you call that might not be clear uh and sometimes they may not have the tech spec and a lot of time as all of us know right all entrepreneurs we like to multitask, so it eat a lot of but uh, a lot of bandwidth. So I need to test out that uh like half an hour before, and then and and eventually I came out with my guide. That's a, like a podcast guide. After they confirm, after they filled up my guest form, uh, mm. I will send them a, a a PDF, which is like uh okay, a few days beforehand or half an hour before, ten minutes before, like it's like a countdown guidebook for them. So that get them prepared. Uh, for example, make sure that your laptop is being plugged in. There's power because there was once there was this uh guest that that the laptop um uh, power was totally flat, and was disconnected. And I was the only one that was running the show. Was still talking to the live stream audience, and at the same time, I was messaging her. Uh, Are you coming back and all that? So eventually, she came back and she told me that oh, her whole building for the first time blacked out. 
Yeah, so these are the things that that uh, started me to have all this preparation, even like half an hour tech check, and then I will run through with them some guiding questions. So this is the 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 thing that uh, I've done for my preparation, especially for the guide and also uh, the spontaneous uh, questioning. And I think the most important thing, uh, maybe an advice for everyone right, who are starting new, right? You might get excited when people approach you. Oh, Kenneth, I want to come onto your podcast to be one of your guests. And I agree with uh, Sam and Veroni is that you have, you have to do all your homework. You do have to do your due diligence because there are some um, people who want to jump on your podcast. They market themselves very well. So I always mm-hmm. advise um, like uh, uh, aspiring podcaster, right? To really have a one-to-one, maybe a Zoom session, if let's say they are overseas, or even have a phone call with them to really talk to them, to, to really see if they are the expert, uh, they are really the, the true expert, whether are they authentic, are they real. Because I can tell you, uh, I do not know whether Sam or Veruni w- would agree, that sometimes there are some guests that really package themselves very well, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you, even you have done your due diligence online, right? Um, when you really talk to them, it's a totally different story. So this is the preparation I do, especially after I've done hundred over episodes. I think these are all the all the tips and advice I will give for uh, those who aspire to be podcaster. Oh, and those are those are brilliant gems, Kenneth. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it it actually leads me to to one of the points in which you know Sam also resonated with is, you know, what happens when you have uh, SBF or uh, someone from FTX one, wants to come on, on, onto your show. Uh, and and I think that it is a dilemma for, for most of us who are technically in the, in the media space, right? Because we provide a platform for people to share a message. And uh, this, this dilemma is, uh, is something that at the end of the day, we're, we're the ones left holding the bill. We're the ones uh, at the end of the day, with the responsibility of of having given them the platform to do that, so um, so I guess the question that is, you know, how do uh, research research could be one part, but as a as a podcaster, there's there's some point at which your antenna goes up, your intuition, you know, really kicks in, and you're you're wondering, should we really be having this person on the show, right? Uh, what does that, you know, have you ever encountered that situation? Let's just start there and then and then evolve it. Yeah, maybe I go first. Uh, I had a lot of encounter and I I would say really trust your gut, right? Really trust your gut, uh, your intuition that if you, you, you feel, if you feel that you are, you are, um, you are suffocating, right? Like accepting this guest, right? Or even talking to the guest, I I, th- I I guess it's good to trust your gut, uh, your feeling, uh, and and reject nicely, tactfully, and maybe say that okay, uh, let me let me discuss with my team. Even I I'm 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 a one man show, right? I have to say I let let me discuss with my team and come back to you. So this will be a, a nice way to really tactfully, uh, hold on or put this on hold. So this will this will be, uh, what I will do. So I hope that that really answer your question. It it does. It's a it's a good it's a good way to. Uh... It's a good way to do that. Very diplomatic, very tactful. Sam, go ahead. Oh, I completely agree with Kenneth what he said. Um, 
there's one exception um, I would say to what I was saying earlier, and that is that if you are um, someone like what Varuni was saying, that if you can ask them hard questions to get the truth out, and one person who has done this really, really well in this Web3 space, or, or just in this space, is CoffeeZilla. I don't know if you have heard of CoffeeZilla before, um, but yeah, he has done. He asks some really, really tough questions and he really gets to the bottom of the issue. No, oh, that's a that's a good point. I got I got to look that one up. Varuni, go for it. Absolutely. I think what, what Kenneth said uh, does happen to most of us that we're in a dilemma. We don't understand whether we should be taking on this guest. And uh, I think gut feeling is what works best for me as well. And we have a female sense of um, judgment as well, which works out pretty well in my case, I feel. And uh, your due diligence, do your own research, uh, very thoroughly look at the person. And I think one thing that um, one thing that I personally like to do is get on a call with my guests before I actually interview them, because I think, uh, like Sam said, so much of the communication happens uh, from their PR people to uh, our team, I think we sort of lose sense of uh, we sort of lose sense of how a face-to-face -face conversation would be, and you can understand a lot about a person with a ten-minute conversation with them, whether they're genuine, um, whether they would talk sense, and whether what they would talk would make sense to your viewers. Because ultimately, uh, we're trying to serve our viewers, our communities, um, the Web3 communities, and not their product communities. I think one problem that I face a lot uh, being in the media space is having guests who sort of package and market their product. So talking less about the technology or their journey, they want the entire conversation to be like this marketed conversation where they're trying to sell their products. And I think this is something that I... Uh, which is why I like to have a set of questions sent to them before so that they're not able to direct the conversation towards, you know, trying to sell products or their services. And uh, that is something that uh, now what I've started doing is uh, I give like a really subtle reminder to my guests saying, hey, if we can just pivot back to the question and not talk about these, um, you can um, you can maybe have another show with us where you can talk about your product but this is about this particular topic so let's stick to it having an understanding and a call with your guests before you actually hop on a podcast with them is always a great idea however oh uh, that's a that's a that's a good one but um you know since we have since we have this powerhouse in the room with with you know with you with sam with kenneth uh i i really really have to ask um you know have you encountered that that one or those few um, uh, guests that have been doing nothing but but hard selling on the show? I did, and uh, it's it's really funny. I'm not going to take the name of the firm, but they they were one of the biggest sponsors at uh, a recent conference that took place. I was there as well, and I met the guy again. And um, I when he was on our platform, and I think we were talking about AI and blockchain and the entire conversation. Every question that I had um, on my list sort of uh, the guy sort of pivoted back to his company what they're doing when the questions had to be more about the answers had to be more about the evolving technology their role in it not as a company as an individual however like i said i mean something that i did was really subtly um, text his team first i was 
on live and i was also texting his pr team saying he can't be doing this i think that's uh, how i woke up and i think uh, midway i had to cut the guest off and that's usually something that none of us would want to do as good podcasters it's cutting your guests uh, when they're talking but uh, i had to do that for the sake of my audiences and uh, pivoted back to a certain question that was not on the list but i think um, uh, there are times when you have to like you said throw the script out and have a more free flowing conversation so i sort of made the conversation about something more personal wherein he wouldn't be talking about the firm um spoke about stand alone events in the space a certain news event that happened that day and the show had to go on um i also took the mic quite a bit to myself and uh, led the show so as to stop all the marketing chatter that was happening so i think it was a funny instance and you learn from your mistakes um, so it's always a good experience i think no experiences are bad experiences yeah and that's a that's a very good point no experiences are bad experiences they all ones that we that we learn from indeed uh, sam kenneth please yeah, jump I, in oh that that was fantastic thank you for sharing that um, um you know what i started doing is that i uh, before the show just like how kenneth does i brief the 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 guest um as as a host and one thing i tell them is that at the end of the show i will give you a chance but i will say that what's your ask feel free to share so there is one thing that they get at the end so 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 that makes them at peace and they're not thinking of ways to bring in their company in throughout the conversation and and so this way it helps uh, both and because the the first thing i realize is that i want to help make my guest um feel at peace and be at like kind of be at home so so that's what i started doing and and that has um kind of stopped these guests from bringing their company in all the time um in the conversation yeah i think for me i uh, i i'm 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 the same with uh, sam uh i i also the, the reason why i brief them right so that i can lead them and i will tell them that on the last part right the last question is oh how can they get connected with you so that's where they start to they, it's like their marketing time their advertisement time which is towards the end uh i think i think when when i structured that because i started it way in the very beginning so i don't really get that much secondly my guests uh they are moms mompreneurs they are women entrepreneurs so uh they are more about the conversation um uh, being uh, being in that moment really uh digging um digging deeper into the conversation uh sometime the the guests even choke uh, on some part because they they were sharing their story how they overcome the challenges and struggles so i think i think for my my audience or my guests right the demographic i don't have that much of them marketing themselves they just want to share their story connect with the audience uh more of the heart to heart because that's why i don't give them questions uh so so that is very spontaneous sometimes if i see there's anger for me to dive deep into maybe let's say oh um they they share about um they are they're being being uh discriminated and stuff like that i would dive deep and ask them to share even deeper because i i i'm feeling for my audience that they want to know that what really make her start the business yeah what really kick what really take on 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 that part so so i think uh, we can do a lot of preparation but ultimately in the end right uh, uh like what sam and uh, runi had mentioned right we have to really 
play by ear. Really be actively, creatively find a way to take back the mic, right? Take back the mic. I think that's the that's the key thing for any podcast host. Don't feel shy to really take back the mic because uh, if you lose control, you lose the whole podcast. Yeah. So that's that's my take on that. Yeah, indeed, and I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm certain that uh, this is something that that does require a lot of skill, and and this is, uh, I'm also bringing this out because this is something that should go to to new podcasters, people who want to start their podcast, right? Sam, both you and Senate, uh, Kenneth have said that you know you you like to have these organically built conversations, right? Um, and I'm I'm certain that comes with a certain degree of. Uh, of skill of being able to hold that hold a conversation having conversational skills uh but that may be one part uh, what is it that you what is it that built you to be a more natural conversationalist to be able to draw out these stories because there, there's two parts of that skill of course so what what makes what led you to be able to become uh more of a conversationalist on your podcast um, this goes for, for for both of you and Varuni. Please feel free to jump in too. Yeah, I'd I'd like to say I was a bit like um, Varuni as well, and I have been a talker throughout my life. I like talking. I like uh, communicating. So yeah, just just talking with friends and stuff. Uh, but where this uh, the conversationalist part comes is is just being curious because I am genuinely curious on. Um, what makes some founders really good? What makes um, some companies successful? And so I want to know, I want every insight in the Web3 industry. So um, so yeah, so that's where, where it comes from and just trying to dig deeper. And, and just like what Kenneth said, it's just like when he, um, when he, when someone says something, then he goes deeper in that topic. So, so that's something that um, everyone can do. But yes, as you said, JP, it does come with a little bit of experience. And so I use, when I started over three years ago, I started with, um, with a script and, and dedicated questions, but quickly I realized that, no, that's not working for me. I, I just like to have a conversation. So, um, and often um, I publish like half an hour episode, but the conversation often goes over time and I record over two hours sometimes um, because I just have so much fun and the guest is also having so much fun. So, so yeah, yeah it, it becomes natural over time. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Kenneth, what about you? What's your process? Oh, uh, for, for my case, I would say that, um, like, like just now I, I was mentioning, like Larry King so say that to be a good interviewer, right, you have to be curious, like what, what Sam had mentioned. I think on the other part is also, I think for me, it's a challenge uh, to really ask a question, right, and the guest say, hmm, Kenneth, that is a very good question, and they ponder for a while. And you know you hit it right there that you really get them uh, get them thinking because all these guests right most of them have been interviewed a lot of times and they have been uh, mm-hmm. been answering a lot of normal questions and if you can ask a question right that they 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 stood there and ponder and there is a silent right to to answer uh, to give you the answer that is that is the kind of joy that I enjoy. That keep me going for every episode for every guest. It's like I want to find that part, right? I will dig into their story, their their bio, and all that to really find that spot, right? That I think that is the killer move. <laughs> so that that is something that keep me going, and and that that would be a tip for anyone 
to keep running and keep doing the podcast. Uh, like 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 for my case, what hundred over episode. I think Sam also hundred over episode and all that. I think this is the thing that keep us going, right? There must be a motivation. There must be something that we aim for. Uh, that is not for us, but for our audience. So that is the that is my take on that. Awesome, thank you, Kenneth. Uh, Bruni, do you wanna do you wanna weigh in? I know you have a script, but at some point, you, you I know that you uh, a script as in a <laughs> guideline of questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the the scripted interviews that I spoke about with certain guests are. I wouldn't say boring, but uh, they're too mechanical. And that's when um, I think the, the idea of every podcast is to not bore people and not worry about uh, worry too much about replicating someone else's style. So there's this podcaster that I really like. He's called James. He James uh, Sh- Shramko, and he has a business podcast. He said that uh, don't worry too much about replicating someone else's formula and be original with the way you podcast. And I think the way we talk uh, makes us original and uh, what's important is to not stick to the script i mean while uh, while the podcast that we do at voice of crypto with a few guests have a certain script and research they're very uh, each script and each research or each set of question is very particular and unique to that person so behind every uh, question goes a lot of thought as to why we have asked this question is it important to ask this question do our viewers want this question um, to be asked and i think uh, that's why we sometimes have questions otherwise my favorite kind of conversations are uh, the free-flowing kind like this one that we're having now and the reason behind that is uh, you can be more authentic more original in such um, uh, such sort of conversations and uh, this does come in with a lot of experience but I think uh, you have to be naturally curious which uh, like Kenneth and Sam, I think I have been a naturally curious person since childhood, which is one reason why I wanted to be a journalist, because I was always so curious about other people. And I think you can only be a good storyteller if you're curious about knowing more stories. And uh, that is how um, every podcaster can be a great storyteller, by being interested in other people's stories, uh, talking about free-flowing interviews. I think um, questions come from what a person answers. So I think uh, mostly free-flowing conversations, the be- best part about that is you wouldn't know what the other person is about to say. And there's so much scope that, you know, you like have a blank canvas and you can paint it as you want to, which is, I think, something so amazing about free-flowing conversations, which I love to have. And they're honestly my favorite kind of, uh, my favorite episodes that we have published on our podcast, like the one with Yatsio are free-flowing conversations that didn't have a script or any questions. And all the questions or the follow-up questions were sort of based on what uh, the current answers uh, of the guest were, which I think is one way to go about it. All right. Thank you for that, Varuni. And, um, you know, uh, taking the inspiration from the three of you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there that, um, you know, that, that is something that's just evolving from this, right? I mean, we, we are, of course, the chroniclers of, uh, of stories uh, in, in many ways, giving people a platform, um, you know, having a process, working through pre-prep, sometimes working through the team, either way, playing our strengths, evolving organic conversations. Um, and, you know, one thing all four of us have in common is Token 2049. Right. Uh, what are what are some of the what are some of the what are some of the learnings or some of the highlights that you've seen uh, evolve from there? And and 
one minute. Sam and Varuni, I know the two of you all have met at Token 2049. Kenneth, myself, and uh, haven't met uh, haven't met both of you. I'm going on a limb here. So not the same stories, all right? You can't you can't use each other in that story. You, you got to give us a, a a separate one. Your your point of view. Okay. So Kenneth, you get to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are talking about Token. 2049. 2049, yes. Singapore, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's my first time there. Uh, last year, I wasn't really active on, on Web3. And then when I had the chance, I, I was being invited. Uh, someone sponsored, I shall not name who, someone sponsored uh, a ticket for me to go to uh, Token. And and for me, because being a Singaporean, right, I have never seen Meridian Basin being yeah. decorated everything about Token. Even a lot of big posters was there. A lot of brands like took over the whole level four and level five. That that was mind blowing for me. For me, uh, like token was the best event ever. And what I realized, right, um, because for me, I I, I work with a lot of women, uh, and also interview women in Web three. So I was very fortunate to be able to meet some of my overseas guests, uh, at token, and we we connected like we were family members. We we were so happy excited to see each other and at the same time i also realized there are more women uh that is attending token uh, as participants as founders as a, a lot so I, I see that that web tree as a as a whole right it is like a extended family to me uh, even for the side events i was invited to i felt like i was a part of their family like the the team or even their project, right? I was so excited for them. I was like watching for their bag. So I felt that, that like the whole token is really a big family gathering for everyone of us uh, who have been connected online. And, and, and when you are there, right, people reach out to you. Oh, can I see that you're going for token? Let's meet up. And some of them were on Telegram and they were coming to Singapore. They, they saw me posting pictures and stuff. Uh, I, I think I think for for me right it was a eye opener for me and I, I tell myself that next year I will pay I really make sure that I pay and go for it because it's so worth it uh, I, I think a lot of innovation because for me I, I'm a marketer so for me there's a lot of innovative way for people to download to to have their wallet to promote their wallet and a lot of stuff so I think it's it's an eye opener for me and also to build real connection I never knew that I would be able to build such strong connection uh, from online interviewing podcasts, my guests, and even uh, one of them even sponsored my, my, my ticket for token. And, and this is something that would not happen in the normal sales and business world. So this is my, my biggest takeaway from, from token. I hope that uh, answered. <laughs> it did. It did. I mean, you know, um, I'm so glad that I'm so glad you went you went first and you went with that story uh, and also that it's your first time I, I, I can relate to that it's it's my it was my first talk in 2049 as well um, a very close friend of mine uh, who, who's a Singaporean and in the web3 space she, she told me she says you know hey I'm not showing up at token 2049 uh, on day one or maybe I'll drop in at day two she says token 2049 is for those of you that are not from Singapore right? It's for it's for all of you that are that are coming to Singapore for this particular event, uh, and and I thought that you know it this is it it sounded so so different because uh, here you are in the thick of it in literally the mecca of of Web three uh, that that's happening Token twenty forty nine 
and you know because you you're based in singapore it's like hey it's for it's for everybody these are these are things that we see every day but okay so sorry just to add that small interjection to, to relate to your story kenneth uh, sam baruni please go ahead yeah i think uh, 2049 sam uh, initially sam mentioned something that um, it feels like it's uh, crypto spring and that is something that most of the guests uh, spoke about i think the most overwhelming experience for me uh, an in conference experience for me has to be token 2049 this year number of people that were attending uh, the like mindedness with the people and uh, kenneth way well said that it felt like a small family away from um, the world and web3 uh, did seem like an, a family in itself uh, the best part was meeting people who are very like minded who are very open to talk who want to discuss more about what they're doing what they're building and the kind of trends that they're looking forward to other than that i feel the fact that i got to interview uh, we were media partners at the event and we got to interview some of the top voices in this space near phantom yuga labs their ceos founders um and those were some of the names that we did interview and a lot of others who i cannot recall at the moment but i'm sure that we managed to get around 100 interviews from web3 entrepreneurs which in itself is um, a great thing because where else would you would you uh, find so many people trying to build such amazing things in such a small space that and uh, other than that met people like sam who are also building in the space and bringing stories out i think there was a separate media room where we where media houses global media houses from different continents nations sort of sat together worked and produced content so i think that was another experience in itself and most importantly everyone who i interviewed um opened by saying that while it appears to be crypto winter outside here uh, there's so much excitement there's so much optimism for the future that it hardly feels uh, like we are in a bear market it does seem like if not a bull market it does seem like things are bright for everyone in this space so i think uh, it was a really optimistic experience for me all in all awesome uh, sam yeah sure uh, pretty much i agree every, with everything that varuni said that um i mean i reached there quite a bit early because i knew all the side events that were going to happen um, but i did not expect the number of side events there were over 290 side events um and a lot of them were so much fun some of them were around f1 race i got to go and see f1 uh, formula 1 which was at the same time um there were parties in people's villas there were yacht parties there were beach parties there were all sorts of fun events and stuff and and some days um i was going to like four or five different events in a day and some really really long days living on on very little sleep um but it was so much fun i um thoroughly enjoyed and i made so many connections at um all these side events and as well as at token 2049 um and now i have the major task of uh meeting all this 80 plus people that i met uh on zoom meetings so my calendar looks even more busy now than than it did at token 2049 but there is a lot of activity so if anyone is looking at coming into this industry this is the time um time to do it 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just 5% of the world's population. So I'm going to hashtag Web3 minority, uh, you know, put a copyright in that, whatever. <laughs> yeah, indeed, Web3 minority we are. Uh, if, uh, and electric, electric vibe at, at Token 2049. Please note, uh, this major disclaimer, uh, um, we're not promoting the event. Uh, we we absolutely just had a fantastic time there. Got a chance to meet so many industry players, uh, you know, found out the true heart of what people in Web3 are like, and every single person of them was helpful. I don't think we, there was anyone that we encountered that was rude or, you know, standoffish in, in any way, whether they were a VC, whether they were a project, whether they were, you know, a potential partner. The biggest names, uh, guys like Decentral Labs and, you know, uh, OKXs and uh, Bybits and so on, all of them very, very open to to talk to more people, to to engage with more people. And that was absolutely fantastic. All right. Um, we, we, wow. Um, you know, we've been having a lot of fun with this, with this conversation. I, I, I hope that you guys have had as much fun as I did. Uh, we are, we are past time, but, uh, the, the question I, I have to ask before, before we, we end the show is, um, you know, uh, what's your personal philosophy guys? What is it that, that gets you running every day? All right, I think I'll, I'll just go ahead first. Uh, my personal philosophy has always been to be original and not try to copy anyone else. I know that when we uh, when we start afresh in any space, we might have role models, we have ideals, but um, I think it's great to have role models and uh, always seek motivation and inspiration from the people out there, but don't ever try to replicate anyone's style. Have your own original style because I think that's what would work best for you. There's only one you and uh, rest of it is all um, rada yada around you. So just be you, be original. And I'm sure that if you're um, honest and if you work hard enough, whatever you're working on will be successful. So I think that is my personal philosophy. Thank you, very much. Oh, yeah, I, I love that, Varun. Uh, and I'll, um, I have just one thing to add for myself, and that is that um, I like to have fun um, in what I'm doing. I like to enjoy it. Otherwise, I know I cannot stick to it. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's the same for everyone. If you really enjoy what you're doing, and I can tell from listening to Varuni and Kenneth that they also really enjoy what they do. And that's why work does not feel like work, like, you know, when you're interviewing someone, when you're talking with that, communicating with them, and they are sharing with you what they're building, and you see the excitement in their eyes and stuff. And it is just so much fun um, doing that. It, it does not feel like work even for a minute. So, yeah, so that's what keeps me going. Thanks, Sam. Ken? Yeah, for me, I totally agree with uh, Varuni and Sam. Uh, but I, I would want to share with everyone, right? I think what keeps me going was that never let anyone put you down or tell you off that you cannot do the things that you want to do or you love to do. Uh, just persist on because uh, initially, like just like I talked about the hater, right? Was telling me skeptic, all the skepticism, but I turned that into strength, into motivation and move on to now. Uh, it being a man championing women is not easy. Uh, I get a lot of backlash, a lot of people talking down on me. But I still move on because there were people who were supporting my vision. And that is the thing that's keeping me going and for, uh, forward. So don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do the thing that you want to do. 
you just need to persist on and just hustle. Yeah, so that that's my philosophy. Uh, Kenneth, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We we a lot of us have heard about men in a women's world, but to have a man in uh, uh yeah uh sorry uh women in a man's world is is something, but to have a man in a woman's world uh is you know th- there is no blueprint for that, right? So so as a as a pioneer, as a front runner for that, hats off to you. Um, uh, that's it, guys. We're we're really really out of we're really out of time. We've we've gone ahead, but we've had so much fun on the show. I, I hope you've had as much fun as uh as I have had hosting you guys. Uh, it's been it's been an absolute treat listening to you, listening to your journeys, listening to your stories, and sharing your insights. Being veterans in the in this space, right in the space of communication, not just being a podcaster on on Web three. And for the audience that's that's in the room, uh, we've had over 20 questions that have come in. So uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to answer those on Twitter after the show. Some of them have come for Varuni, for Kenneth, for Sam, uh, you know, in, in different spaces. But we'll, we will get those answers to you as, uh, as, as soon as we can. So once again, Sam, Varuni and Kenneth, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having us, JP. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Arun Amtreen. Thank you you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, guys. And on behalf of Adlunum, thank you once again for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is JP from Adlunum INC bringing you everything about Web3. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back with a new show at the same time, uh, at the same place, but at a different time, uh, at our usual time later this evening. Uh, As well, please remember to tune in on Tuesdays to our sister show, The Future of NFTs, hosted by Natia Besta the co-founder of Adlunum. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for tuning into the show. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 